I just wanted to make sure everybody listening knows that if you're an independent home improvement retailer in the United States or Canada, you're already a member of the North American Retail Hardware Association. And so that means if you're a hardware store, home center, or lumberyard and you're independently owned, you're already a member of NRHA. And the NRHA has been in existence since 1900 and serves its members in a variety of ways, from Hardware Retailing Magazine and our two podcast series to exclusive research and events, the association is here to help you become better and more profitable business owners. So we encourage you to make sure you take advantage of the services that are available to you that can help you better compete. To learn more about what NRHA does for you, make sure you visit us at www.nrha.org. Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to the Taking Care of Business podcast. I am your host, Dan Trottencheck, and welcome to today's program. I uh, got a real interesting uh, uh, subject matter we're going to talk about today, and and as we've talked about on a lot of the podcasts in recent uh, weeks and months now, as it continues to drag on, uh, we're going to be talking about some of uh, the uh, longer term, I guess, implications of the pandemic, and, and really, I, I mean, we're at a start now where I think you're going to start to see a lot of this analysis begin to trickle out of, of people really taking and beginning to take a look at what are the, um, what are the attitudinal changes that we are going to begin to see as it relates to behavior changes. I mean, let's face it, I, I mean, the world changed uh, back in, in January, really, and, 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 and more so changed in, in March in, in the North American area. And, and consumers are just behaving differently. And one of the biggest areas where we're seeing some of those changes is, is in and around the home. And, and obviously that should come as no surprise because right now, most people are spending, in North America at least still, are spending more time in their homes than maybe they have at any time uh, in, in the recent past. And along with that time spent in their home, uh, they're engaging in home improvement activities. And our guest today is Fred Miller, and he is the president of Consumer Specialists. And Fred talked to me, it was really a while back, and Fred and I go back a little bit. Fred used to work with the Home Improvement Research Institute, so we've known each other for a while. And, and, and he talked to me and was, was, was saying, you know, I, I really want to take a look at Fred's one of these analytical numbers guys. And he's like, I want to take a look at kind of what the impact this pandemic is having on homeowners. And, 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 and we, we kind of had this chat and then, and then, you know, a, a little time passes and Freddie tells me, Dan, I did a study. We did a study and now we've got the info back. And, and, and so I said, well, Fred, why don't you come on our program and tell us about what you guys found out with your study um, so, Fred, welcome to the program. So glad, one, so glad you got the study completed and, and real interesting results that you guys are seeing. But, but thank you for coming on our, our podcast to talk a little bit about it. Uh, it's my pleasure to be here, Dan. And we do go back a long time. I won't say how many years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fred, why don't you tell us a little bit about what, what you do in Consumer Specialist? 
list and kind of how the whole idea of this kind of homeowner attitude study and, and how it's impacting home improvement, where did that all come from? And, 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 and what do you guys do kind of on a, on a day-to-day basis when you're not looking at kind of the impact? Of COVID? <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of this comes from my background, which uh, go back far enough. It was classic consumer packaged goods. And in those areas, very much used to having solid data information to make business decisions. I ended up joining the home improvement improvement industry back in 1986 uh, as a vice president of marketing and found a real dearth of information. Uh, It was uh, like taking a cold shower compared to what I was used to. Uh, And at that point in time, I got my uh, company to join the Home Improvement Research Institute that you mentioned. And then later on, I left that company, formed my consulting company, and uh, for 15 years actually ran the Home Improvement uh, Research right. Institute uh, for it. And during the uh, through, uh, so during this whole period of time, I've been working for companies, helping them uh, put together the marketing plans, ending up doing a lot of research, a lot of custom research for companies to understand things that are important for their key business decisions. Uh, it's always nice to see some of those things turn out and then turn out to real marketplace successes yeah. afterwards. Um, but I've also been very you know, aware of what's going on in the general industry. And uh, with the impact of something like COVID-19, it just cried out for me to get a good as clean as possible understanding how do people feel today compared to where they were and what does that potentially mean not just for the short-term opportunities but for the longer term Um, and, and i realized i was blessed in having a baseline piece of research that was done in june of last year I had done something for a client of mine, and they were gracious enough to allow me to use that as a baseline for comparison work. And so I went out on my own and did a study which included some of those same questions, and then obviously some things that were particularly put in there to get at issues related to COVID-19. But I think you get a very different reaction from people who say, how has COVID-19 affected you versus if you say, okay, what kind of projects are you planning this year? And then compare that to what those same kind of people said last year, they're, they're just giving you their feeling about what's really happening and not bringing under a microscope the COVID-19. You get an artificial reaction uh, that way. So I asked a few questions like that because I did want to understand some of those pieces, but we did those at the end of the survey. Okay. So we, as far as they knew th- th- through the bulk of the survey, this was just a survey about how they do home improvement. Well, you know, one, that's interesting to try and kind of get that clean feedback, but, but something you had said, and I want to, I want to read this because I I don't want to kind of misquote it here, but, but just really, when I was reading the information you had sent me really, really stuck out as, oh, okay, this is, this is something we should pay attention to. You said, even with people at home more than usual, we're surprised at just how many ways COVID-19 has impacted home improvement activity. And then you went on to say, in terms of consumer attitudes and behavior, there has never been a single force that has so significantly shaped the home improvement market. I mean, that you've been in this market for a long time. I mean, and you've been never. watching. I mean, you've seen recessions come and go. You've seen the rise of the big boxes. You've seen all of that. So for that kind of statement to, to come from you is immediately <laughs> something that I said, oh, wait this has got to be some pretty juicy stuff 
that you're talking about. So maybe, yeah. maybe expand on that for our listeners about what do you mean by that kind of level of impact on the industry? Well, I, I think if you get to the core of it, I think that this has made a change in people's relationship to their home. There was a point in time so, uh, a while back where people were saying homes aren't nearly as important. It's just a place to sleep. I'm going to my life is outside the home and, and very and, and kind of diminishing the importance of home improvement. This is completely the reverse of that. People's homes now are their shelter. It's their place of refuge. This is difficult times. It's a place they can feel safe. Having that home be what they want it to be is really become much more important to them. And I think this has been such a strong and lasting impact that those changes are likely to impact us for the next 10 to 15 years. Yeah. So this isn't something that when, and, and knock on wood, we were just talking about this before we started recording is when we beat this virus and, and when, when it's in our rearview mirror, the impact that it's had from your perspective on consumer attitudes and consumer lifestyle changes will last well beyond the the immediate impact of the virus. Yes, that is definitely my feeling. I can clearly, the research shows there have been some big changes uh, in how people, uh, their attitudes and behaviors towards home improvement. What I'm adding on top of that, based on my experience and the depth of these changes, is these aren't short term. Right. These aren't, you know, when you have a recession, people may tighten their belt a little bit uh, because and, and cut out discretionary spending, which they then go back to when things get good. This is changing that relationship with your home. And uh, I think the people that understand that and work towards the products and services, things that deliver what consumers want in that area are really going to benefit from this in the long term. Well, Fred, share with us then some, what were some of the data points that you think came out of the research that illustrate what you're talking about? What were some of the key things that you said, okay, well, that's, that's, that's either supporting what I thought or, or maybe a little different than what I thought I would see? Yeah. Well, one of the things is the depth of interest in uh, doing projects. Uh, part of the study back in 2019, and again, this a year was we asked people about, you know, when are you next planning on doing a project and, and kind of uh, that aspect of it. And what we saw was a lot of interest in doing projects and doing um, all, every project we looked at had an increase in interest. When we looked at specific projects, uh, people are planning to do them more uh, currently. Uh, fewer people are saying they're not planning to do a project anymore. So there's just, there's definitely... I guess going in, uh, it, because when I started this, we didn't know what was going to happen with the retail sales numbers. And the resale sales numbers are certainly pointing to an uptick in the industry, not a, not a downturn. Kind of the attitude I think a lot of us had is, oh, the people are going to be, you know, cutting back and, and being careful because of this uh, pandemic. And then looked at the data and it was just the complete flip. Not only were they doing every bit as much as they were last year, they're actually planning to do more. And to me, that says a lot about the importance of it when you when you talk about that kind of planned behavior. Uh, and then clearly, if we combine that with some of the data we get from census on a regular basis, uh, you can see that we have an issue uh, that uh, the retail sales in the key channels we're talking about here are really been doing quite well. 
And uh, so that, that's, that's proving out in this. So clearly the single biggest thing is that people are as engaged or more, def I would say more engaged in doing home improvement than they were last year. Well, and, there, and one thing that I think it doesn't necessarily surprise me about your data, but it, the fact that you guys kind of quantified this was interesting, is that I, I know one of the early concerns was, you know, okay, people are getting their homes ready to work from home or they're getting their homes, you know, COVID proof is not the right term for it, but they're doing things, you know, they're buying the household cleaners and that those were going to kind of be short-term bursts in activity that we were going to see. And, and, and when you look at the census numbers showing 22 to 23% increase in home improvement retail sales, that kind of echoes what we're seeing and what we've, we've had retailers report back to us. And, and some retailers were getting just ridiculous, 140% increases in sales and so on. So, <laughs> um, But there was a concern is, okay, is there going to be this wave of projects and then those projects are going to crest and then it's going to kind of die off. And then you were going to start to see kind of the, the headwind factors of, oh, well, people are maybe concerned about spending money and people are, you know, maybe people are, have been furloughed and so on and, and they're going to be concerned. But, but according to your research, which again, you guys talked to over 600 different homeowners, so a, a strong sample size on this is that not only were consumers doing those projects but i think you said that the the the, the data, data show that the average homeowner spent something like 1750 dollars which mm -hmm. is not a small amount of money to spend right. um, on home improvement and plus now that we're deeper into this it doesn't seem like that wave has crested it doesn't seem like okay we made it through the initial purchase cycle now things have died off how do you see that playing out in the months to come yeah, well, I think it's a big contrast between like people stocking up on toilet paper, right. uh, and, <laughs> and once things settle out, and I guess today you can go in a grocery store and find toilet toilet paper. They're going to have a big backlog of toilet paper to use up before they're <laughs> yeah. back in the market. So you have this big spike in sales, and then you'll have a drop. Right. To a certain extent, there'll be, I think, a little bit of that here because people are feeling very strongly about wanting to keep their homes up, have them the way they want. They've got the time at the moment, and they may be spending less money in other areas, not going out to restaurants, things like that. So they may have a little bit of income, so you get a real spike up. And we may see that come down a little bit, but still stay at a very high level. So for instance, um, staying at home, you may have that wish list of projects that uh, the, the honey-do list, if you, you, you will. Right. As, as you tick that off, uh, you may start to run lower on projects until there are more than once the refreshing. So I can see a little bit of a, a peak and then down a little bit, but not going from, you know, insanely growing to right. a rapid decline. I think the, the key is, I think, that long-term, the importance of the projects is growing with people and that's what's going to keep them coming back and in fact one of the things that people reported to us is that uh, for the people that said that they were doing more projects they said you know part of it was that they had the time available right. but by being so pending so much time at home they could see what needed to be done they were yeah. living <laughs> those little th those little things that were a minor annoyance became staring at the staring at the chips and the paint on the wall where you yeah. just walk by them when you're headed out to your office or your job in the morning and whether you're sitting there now you're seeing it you know 24 7 that uh, that makes yeah. a little bit of a difference yeah yeah you're, you're experiencing it more
Would you say that, um, did, did the research show you, are a lot of the projects more kind of that home repair and maintenance focused or are they what we would call like the aspirational lifestyle, like, like, uh, you know, outdoor living kind of what, what, what are you seeing in terms of what kind of projects are, are grabbing the interest of homeowners today? Yeah. And, and is that something that you think is, are those areas going to kind of continue or is it something that just kind of spread across all the different categories? Well, we looked at a, a broad range of specific projects where we can compare them to the to the prior year, and every project area, from fairly small projects to to fairly major projects, uh, will grow. Uh, oh, some okay. grow a little bit more than others, but uh, things like painting. Yeah. That was the number one project, and it grew significantly. Landscaping grew a lot. Uh, doing a simple thing like uh, installing a, a faucet or shower head, that actually uh, had meaningful growth. So you had that painting house exterior. That's not a small project. That actually grew rather handsomely. So we, it's a mixture of some of those bigger things, people looking at renovating a, a bathroom or a kitchen that grew. It, it really kind of it wasn't in one area or the other. It was everything. It just kind of seemed to lift everything. Yeah. And, and, and do you see anything uh, from your research that suggests, you know, obviously we have a lot of retailers that are their listeners, but we also have manufacturers and distributors that listen to, to our uh, podcast. Are, are there any changes in behavior that you think would be a particular kind of import for, for retailers or manufacturers or d distributors to understand things about how consumers are getting information or researching projects or anything like that that you think would be uh, kind of a key takeaway for, for our listeners to understand, oh, if this is where consumers are, maybe we need to think about reaching out in these ways. Yes, absolutely. In fact, one of the big conclusions I reached is that this whole thing has taken the trend that was going towards the internet and has supercharged it. Yeah, accelerated it. Yeah, it really has. Yeah. And what uh, clearly in looking for information, it's become dominant. Uh, it was the highest level source for going for information uh, last year, and it increased its lead by quite a bit uh, to do it. So clearly, the internet. It, it, for instance, the um, looking at a couple of numbers. Last year, fifty-one percent of people reported that one of the places they'd go for information on their next project was online. That grew to sixty-four percent over wow. a year. Okay, which is a, a, a in a one-year period. That's a huge jump. Yeah, yeah, a really big jump. Another one which we asked people about is where is the one source you're going to go for the majority of the project products for your project? Okay. And internet wasn't a big deal for one source. I mean, for the majority, yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't see a lot of people buying uh, sheets of plywood on yeah, the internet. Concrete or whatever. Yeah, exactly. They, they just don't fit in my mailbox. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's real hard to you killed on the delivery. Of it. Yeah. <laughs> kind of deal. But, Last year, 5% of the people said that, that um, they were um, going to get the majority of the project the products uh, through the internet. That grew to 9%, almost doubled in a year. Okay. And that's a really steep bar to get to, to be the majority of the projects. You can imagine if we'd asked, are you going to buy any products for this right. project would have really grown. So the whole, to reach out to consumers, to 
to uh, get to them as they're planning their projects on the internet are very important. We have some, some specific information on the kind of the channels that they like to go to as well. And, and, and really make sure you're there and then find a way for those people that want to get your products to make sure they're available online yeah. uh, for them. And, and clearly there's a lot of people that, you know, retailers that are doing that even to the point of um, letting you order online and pick up in the, in the store. I, right. I've done that personally with a couple of the, the big box retailers and some did that a little, the execution was a little better than others, but that's well, on the other side. You know, I, it's interesting because I think one of the things we've seen, and obviously our organization deal, we deal with primarily the independent side of the channel, but one of the things that, that, that and I've said this several times that I'm, I'm very, was pleased to see was how quickly independent retailers responded to these changing needs. One of the biggest things we saw amongst independent retailers that really almost happened overnight, and in some research we did relatively early on, I think we did it back in the middle of May was when we fielded our research at, uh, to retailers. One of the things, 70, I think it was 72% said that they were now offering curbside pickup. And for them to just be able to flip a switch and all of a sudden develop a way to offer curbside pickup where it just didn't exist before was such a great illustration of how quickly these independents can respond. But the other thing, as I've been talking to retailers, particularly retailers that already had e-commerce, that have said things like, you know, before the pandemic, e-commerce accounted for less than 2% of our overall sales. Now it's 10%, you know. Yep. So it's to, to echo what you're saying, it's kind of this wake up call that, man, if you're not offering and connecting in, the, in an online way, the consumers are slapping you in the face telling you, we want this. Yeah. And, and, and to, yeah. to kind of use your term is this is just, it's, it punched it into high gear that the, 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 we've, we, the pandemic has accelerated the demand to say, you've got to be in that space. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And to me, one of the, um, the things that I've always felt the independent retailers have a true advantage is the interface with their customers to really know what's happening, the ability to respond and react quickly, whereas some of the big guys certainly have a lot more power, but it's kind of hard to turn those big guns on a dime right. to, to a, a new direction. Whereas if you're, you're on the front line and it's your business, uh, you can react and behave. In fact, one of the things that's interesting, uh, that's a, a very positive sign, is we asked people where they were going to get the, um, uh, the, the main source for their, their product. And then we were just talking about that uh, with online retailers. Uh, but And local stores still come out as the number one source, although they dropped from 66% down to 59 But yeah. among the local stores, Hardware stores took a big bump up, went from 41 to 48 percent of the people planning to use hardware stores for it. So, exactly. And, 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 and do you think, do you, do you sense that, I mean, obviously the numbers would suggest that, but the, the, the pandemic, I mean, we've heard anecdotally that more consumers are saying, listen, I feel a little bit more comfortable dealing with a local business, maybe going into a store that I know isn't going to be like, like really crowded or there'll be a better kind of control of the area. And also kind of this whole idea that, you know, we've really been hit over the head with the message of supporting local businesses, you know, during these times. Do you think that kind of stuff's playing a factor? I think it is. I think that, um, 
I think they feel it's a, a more manageable shopping experience in a lot of cases, uh, which is very good. One of the things that uh, I couldn't quite get to in, in the research, but I would speculate is that they see the value of the advice they get at the, the sure. independent local fellow better than the big box, some of the big box stores. Uh, and uh, it, one of the things that was also very interesting that we haven't talked about was the role of contractors. And oh, contractors really? actually took a very big jump in the study oh, in, in terms of the relationship. Yeah, uh, it, it is, as a place to go for information, they grew from 37 to 49%, number oh. two behind the internet. Okay, so people are looking for expert information and also people planning to use a contractor in their project group uh, from 46% to 53%. So, so even with this, I mean, because again, I know that early on, that was one of the bigger concerns was how is our contractors going to fare and the projects that are really more often left to contractors uh, because the concept of, I don't know if I want people in my house and, and all that, but according to what you're seeing, e even that area is the, the desire to have a new kitchen is outweighing the desire to, to, to protect yourself from the virus. And, and I think it's a combination though. They'd like to use a contractor. They plan to use one, but one of the selling points that the contractor clearly should make is here's how we're going to do that and keep you safe while we're doing it. That's a very good point. Yeah. You know, to con but, but so this whole role of experts in it really are becoming very strong. And, and one of the places which we did see some drops in people looking to get their information was in store. But I think that's more broad. Like, yeah, okay. I think if you look at what could be done in the independent stores with quality of information, that's such a huge asset and an advantage to have. Well, and I, I think, again, that makes sense when you think it through and you say, you know, if, if I'm masking up and, and being concerned about social distancing, I'm not necessarily wanting to say, I mean, how am I going to linger longer in a store to, to chat with people about my projects? So the reality is you got to figure out how to deliver useful information in a variety of ways to consumers. Yes, yeah. The thing I would ask myself uh, in the shoes of a lot of these independents, uh, really, and everybody is, what more can we do to build the relationship and to meet the needs of the consumer online? Yeah. Almost everything you do will probably pay dividends in that regard. And if you don't, you're probably going to be going backwards versus your competition that is doing it. Yeah. Uh, Fred, let me ask you, uh, obviously, we've just kind of uh, hit the tip of the iceberg of what you guys looked at. If people are more uh, interested in getting more information about the data you came up with or more kind of in-depth on this, mm -hmm. how do they go about doing that? Okay. Well, they can go to my website, Consumer Specialists, with a, an S on the end there, .com, and there's a page uh, off of the homepage about the, our new research, which is featured there, tells you more about it, goes in a little more in depth to tell you the specific information included, and then there's a way that they can uh, purchase a copy of the study uh, and, uh, and get all the information that's in there. Fantastic. Fred, thank you so much for coming on and sharing uh, uh, the, your latest results. And it, it, again, it's exciting for me because like I said, we you told me about this way back when, but it was just an idea in your head and, and you went out there and you did it. So it's great to see these results. And as always, some, some really interesting insights. And 
and I'd imagine if people just want to learn more about consumer specialists, the website's the best place to go for that as well. It's a good place and always glad to answer emails or calls and uh, website's a good place to start, but a little personal contact, even if it's virtual. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's kind of the way it goes these days, I guess. But Brent, thanks so much for being on the program. We really appreciate your time and your your work on this. Oh, it's been my pleasure and appreciate all the great stuff that you guys do to support the industry. Well, thank you so much. Always happy to do it. Thanks, Fred. Appreciate your time. Thanks. Bye.